Welcome to the Mind Body Business Podcast. Have you ever considered your superpower? If you had one gift to leave with humanity, what would that be? We believe that everyone possesses a superpower. This is your value proposition, your je ne sais quoi to help make a tangible difference in the world. Each week, our show explores these superpowers with tantalizing thought seeds germinating only from the power of collective thought. We invite you to join us for one hour each week and listen in as we dispense superpower knowledge from great people doing greater things. I've talk, been talking about him for what, okay. six months? Tell me about sliding into his DMs. All right. So Doug Evans, who is our on our podcast today, I came across him on the Instagrams probably six, maybe even longer months ago. And he, I, I've been calling him the Sprout guy. I don't know if that's his name or not and what he goes by, but I've been calling him the Sprout guy just because I came across Sprouts about a year and a half ago. I started sort of dabbling in them and just buying them at the grocery store. And then I came across, you know, Lisa who uh, delivers my vegetables. So that's now about a third of my vegetable delivery is Sprouts. So Doug, we're going to talk about that in a minute. I actually have a, a a woman that delivers fruits and vegetables from local farmers. And one of the products that she delivers to me every week on Fridays is sprouts. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, You're a sprout hoarder though. I think anytime I've been there, you've not actually shared your sprouts with me. Just putting it out there. Well, because they come in those small boxes and I really want to keep them all to myself because they're so mm -hmm. nutritious and they're filled with all sorts of good vitamins. I don't really want you taking them all because I okay, know what fine. you're doing. All right, fine. Fine. So anyhow, I'm going to talk a little bit about Doug. So Doug's been in the food, organic, vegetarian, plant-based industry since I think 2002. He co-founded a company called Organic Avenue. Um, it was one of the country's first exclusively plant-based retail chains in the country. I had never heard about that until I started doing some uh, recon on Doug. So I want to hear a little bit about that today. And then he's sort of like you, he went on and after, uh, after um, Organic Avenue, he started another company called Juicero. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a play on words, but we'll find out about that. But it's the first farm to, to glass automatic cold press juicer. Um, so we're going to talk about that because we need to get one of those delivered to our homes because I'm in the process of buying a new juicer right now. So I want to talk to Doug a little bit about his journey into sprouts, most importantly, um, why they're so important, why people should be eating more of them. I don't think a lot of people – I had some friends over at my house a couple of weeks ago, and I had sprouts sitting out on the charcuterie plate. And dudes were like, what the fuck are these things? So yeah, They're like, something fell out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, funny you should ask. These are sprouts. And I tried to explain to them what they were, but they had just nobody touched them. I was the only one that ate them. Well, so that, that's because they figure you're a weirdo anyways and that you're – just doing something else that's weird. That just sounds awful. Just so you know. All right. So also, also the primary reason we have Doug on here is he is a California dude. Doug, oh I'm my gosh. well, so I'm really excited to talk to you about that. But he lives somewhere in the desert. I, I've seen him on, on some of his Instagrams. He's like out in the middle of looks like nowhere. So I'm not sure what he's doing. Maybe he's got a private plot out there. But uh, I want to know a little bit more about that. And I think that's all I have to say about well, him too. Man. I think, first of all, because it's Sprout and we're Sprout Connectors, that's the universe telling us we need him in here, right? I know. I like that. All also, right, also, I like how you're dropping all the things that you need to get. There's this thing called a wedding registry, and you should set one up, and we'll start putting stuff on that, right? Yeah, Let's sprout, get that juicer. Let's get juicer. that juicer. He has a book also that he's written. We need to talk about that book. Okay. All right, then. Let's bring him in. You ready? Perfect. Doug, what's up, brother? Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you, uh, Devo, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Here. I've been talking uh, talking about you, I think, to Lisa for a better half of six months trying to get at you least, on the show. At least. I'm like, who's wow, this other wow. guy you keeps talking about? But when I was checking out your Instagram, I knew you'd be a good fit because you're doing one of your um, IGTVs and you're like out in the field with no shirt on talking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's... It's like Devo. That would be you out there, Devo, doing the exact same thing. Bare feet as well. Bare feet. Yeah. Are you bare, do you barefoot out there while you sprout with your shirt off as well? So, sometimes, like in a controlled area, because we're in the desert and we've got Choya and some other like um, shiny, sharp things that are not very friendly to my feet. Uh, so in controlled areas, I'm barefoot. But I, I do wear the Vibram five-finger shoes 
We go. saw that at least when we were in Sedona. Remember I stopped that guy on the mm-hmm. path and he had those toes stuck in the little mm-hmm. mitten like things. That's what mm-hmm. those are. California so, people. And then I'm you do you. your, you do your whole thing. You guys connect in a certain way. And then you talk about being like the higher race of humans. Birds of a feather. Yeah. Birds of a feather. You find them everywhere. So, so I have a funny story to tell you, and I don't know if Doug can still hear me, but when I was a kid growing up, my my father primarily was always experimenting with different types of diets with us. And, and it wasn't until I started eating sprouts again that I realized that when I was a kid, he used to force feed us sprouts. And I remember thinking they were the grossest thing ever, but it was, it was in the style of forcing food down my throat that was sort of giving me the PTSD. It wasn't, you know, letting me eat sprouts of my own volition, but true story along with so you're like a, is it foie gras? <laughs> so gras. <laughs> you're force feeding and doing like a poor little duck. Yeah, that's that, that's actually really true. That's exactly what happened. It, it was sprouts. It was um, artichokes, unflavored, and any sort of boiled till it was a puree vegetable that my mother was preparing for us. My mom too. Give me some mushy Brussels sprouts any day. So, so Doug, are you back? I don't, I can't tell because it's frozen. All right. Well, I'm going to continue. He's just, he's in awe of your good looks. That's all. Just, yeah. Yeah. All right. So another piece that I haven't forgotten to mention, you know, you know, those uh, giant seaweed wraps that I use. Mm -hmm. Doug's the one who turned me on to those. Hmm. Yeah. I I saw him doing a, I saw him doing a bit on Instagram where he was stuffing all these things inside of seaweed wraps. And I was like, that's a brilliant idea because we eat a lot of tortillas and burritos and things Uh like that. So I thought, Uh so I just reached out to the, I just reached out to him and asked him what he was doing and he shared the link with me on Amazon. So he's also responsible for that piece. I am shocked at how much work you get done while you're still DMing all these people on Instagram because you you are a force of work within our companies, but you're spending a lot of time DMing as well. Keep going. Just keep talking about things I do well. That's it. I hold one of our honey sticks right now that you have a fond affiliation with. All right. I don't know what happened to Doug. So do you want to pretend to be Doug and I'll ask you the question? <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Doug, you currently live in the California desert. I always see you running around in the desert with your shirt off. Do you actually own any clothes? <laughs> Guys, um, so I own I own some clothes. I'm wearing some clothes now. Um, it's hot. And like I'm not using any air conditioning. So I like to let my body regulate, you know, with the with the climate. I like that. You're talking to the perfect. Well, I'm in South Carolina, hot and humid. Devo is is the dude that walks around in his yoga pants and no shirt all the time, okay. much to the chagrin of his kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you got to you got to be comfortable. That's right. That's right. You got to be comfortable. All right. So let's let's jump in. Where where do we want to go from here? Well, Lisa was pretending to be you since we didn't have you because we'd already started recording. So I was asking her that question about you and she didn't answer it very well. So yeah. so how did you, the first the first question, I want to go back to the Juicero and the other company before we jump into Sprout. So are you still running those companies or are you sold no, them? Or? I, I mean, the Organic Avenue was a multi-chain, multi-channel retailer in New York City and we had 12 stores and we launched in 2002 and we were doing all fresh, raw, organic, vegan juices, soups, salads, entrees, um, delivery, snacks. And very early on in the whole food, plant-based, raw world. And I did that from 2002 to 2012. And then we sold that business and the people who bought it tried to expand it too fast. New York City real estate was crazy and, you know, that business disappeared. But one of the things that I really fell in love with in in doing that was cold pressed organic juice. So I thought like that was a key thing. And And I saw people who had a normal like juicer were using it once or twice a month. But people who had 
a an espresso machine, we're using it once or twice a day. So I thought like, how could I do that? So probably way ahead of, you know, our, our time, you know, I invented a, a machine called Juicero so that people could make their cold pressed juice on demand in minutes without any setup and cleanup. But, you know, that business had a very short life because it was ahead of its time. Would have been wildly successful during COVID because we had, you know, people wanted fresh produce delivered and the convenience. But, you know, I think that will be making a comeback um, at some point. I'm not involved in either of those two businesses now. But after the second, after Juicero, I went to Burning Man and like my eyes really opened to the positive energy of being in the desert. Because you think of the desert and you think it's just sand, right? But the fact is in the desert, there's a lot of wildlife, there's a lot of nature and you're connected to the stars and the moons and the sunrises and the moon setting. And it's very still and quiet. So the energy for the desert was very powerful. And I had a vision that there were hot springs near Joshua Tree. And fast forward, you know, a few years later, I live on hot springs near Joshua Tree in a little a town called Wonder Valley um, at Wonder Valley Hot Springs. And that kind of brought me here. And the, the amazing thing of connecting the dots and the stories, when I moved here, like I, I set up my tent, my Burning Man yurt, and I had a big cooler in the back. And in the cooler, I was eating my food. And then after about a day and a half, I, I ran out of food. So I went to my iPhone and I went, you know, vegan near me. And there was nothing. And then I put Whole Foods. And it was like an hour and 15 minutes away. <laughs> and so I made the trek. And I filled up my cooler again. And then I said, there's got to be, this can't work. Like the closest restaurant is Del Taco, Burger King, McDonald's, 7-Eleven. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? And so that night in my meditation, I asked the universe, what can I eat? And the universe said sprouts. And I had been sprouting for 25 years but I always thought of sprouts as a garnish. I never thought of them as like food, like a real food or a meal, right? But so I ordered some jars, I ordered some seeds and within like one month, more than 50% of my calories were coming from sprouts that I was growing in one cubic foot in six jars. And it was the most amazing liberating sovereignty, like explosion in, in my brain, like all of a sudden sprouts were very real, very accessible as a food source. So I had the insight that sprouts were vegetables and vegetables were good for you. And that every benefit of vegetables and of the whole food plant-based diet could be achieved by growing sprouts. And sprouts can be grown in days, not weeks, months, or years, but literally days. And they're like exponential, right? So you can take like one cup of broccoli seeds and get four cups or five cups of broccoli sprouts. So you get exponential growth. And I just fell in love with sprouts and I saw their potential. So that's the end of our podcast. Thank you. That was, <laughs> you, you basically answered all my questions. <gasps> I'm going I, out to my backyard right now. I'm going to start like, I do. It's... I do want to go back to the burning man. So these visions that you had, was that before or after the psilocybin? You know, it's, it's the five MEO DMT, the psilocybin, the, the other things. No, I, I think that these visions were really about, things that I knew 
So they weren't like the, the deep subconscious. They were, you know, taking into consideration what my life had been. So I had been doing the New York, LA, San Francisco triangle, traffic, horns, brake dust, um, like madness, traffic, subway. And like the Burning Man was, you know, 70,000 people all passionate about something, living in community without $1 being exchanged. And it was very like eye-opening to see all these people passionate. You know, there's like someone who was passionate about pickles and they brought six 50 gallon drums and they're like handing out pickles, right? And they're enthusiastic about the pickles but they're not trying to sell you to buy the pickles. They're just loving their pickles. And, you know, on the, on the kink side of Burning Man, there's someone who likes to spank people. So you're walking by or you're riding by on the, on your bike and they're like, Hey, stop. Do you want to spank? <laughs> and people are stopping. They're pulling down their pants and the guy's like whacking them on the, on their ass, you know, spanking them. And then like that guy enjoyed the spank. Some people enjoyed it and they go off on their way. And I just thought it was really interesting energetically, the, the art, the music. And what I didn't like about Burning Man, I didn't like the, the, no, the no toilets. Like I like a toilet that flushes. I'm not a porta potty fan. Yeah. And I also like being grounded. And so I didn't like, it was great for a week, but it was a big effort getting there, getting back, unpacking. So I just thought about how you could do regenerative agriculture, how you could live in nature and, you know, create things. So that was, you know, possible, but I also knew that if you're going to be in the desert, you need water. And so that's where, um, I like on our land, you know, 300 feet, 400 feet below our land, there's a huge, enormous aquifer with fossil water, which who knows where it came from, but it's really pure and rich in minerals and salts. And coincidentally, it crosses a fault line so that the, the temperature that comes out of the, the ground is 136 degrees. So you have a really hot, hot spring and you have water and it just became uh, a process of learning. How do you work in harmony with this water to, you know, build an oasis and sustain yourself? So the sprouts in of themselves, and I, we were doing a little digging on them just so we could better understand the history of them. And, and I came across an interesting caption from uh, the Tao Te Ching, and he was using sprouts like well before. I don't know if you knew this. I, I'll send you the scripture piece. There's a piece in there where he talks about ancient Eastern cultures and how sprouts were sort of a mainstay of their diets. And so it's, it was brilliant to come across that at, right before our show. But how did sprouts get over here and why are they having us? Because it seems like they're starting to become more popular. I'm starting to see them in mainstream grocery stores now. What, what's the catalyst behind that? I mean, sprouts are nature's first food, right? So I think that every vegetable, right, in every plant um, has to have a seed. It has to germinate and then it grows. So in most cases in our contemporary society, vegetables grow into mature vegetables. So you'll get a pound of broccoli with florets and you'll get celery and you'll get arugula and kale and all these various vegetables. It turns out that seeds have, a seed is a complete living organism and it contains within it the embryo, the endosperm, the testa, like the, the entire life force for the entire future plant is contained within this seed. 
And it's a, in a small condensed capacity. Very, very small seed. And it turns out that if you create the condition for germination, which is really a level of moisture, mm -hmm. right? And it might be, if you think about the botany of desire, how the plants are programmed to propagate, very often the fruit or, you know, will be colorful, attract the animal, the animal will eat it. The seeds will go through the digestive tract and then, you know, 10 feet away or a mile away, they'll, they'll poop it out. It'll go into the ground. It'll germinate and grow more. So it's the, the propagation. So the seeds, you know, seeds can last for hundreds, if not thousands of years and still germinate in the future. So. I like that term you just said, botany of desire. That should be the name of your next book you write. That's actually a name of a Michael Pollan book from, you know, 15 years ago or longer. I have not read that. Yeah, that's his early work before he started getting into the psilocybin. Um, so because I actually have Michael Pollan's book on that, I need, to, I need to check that out. So because it's so condensed, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Is that why there's so, so much more nutritious than, say, a, a grown-up version of that is because everything's sort of encapsulated right there in a in a punch. Well, it, it's 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 more than that because what happens if you were to just eat the seed? There's a lot of nutrients in the seed, but the seed itself has enzyme inhibitors on it, phytic acid on it to protect it. But if you were to add the appropriate level of moisture through soaking or rinsing or spraying, the seed will then trigger the germination process. So when you germinate a seed, you can double the antioxidant levels. You can triple the vitamin C levels. You quadruple the soluble and insoluble fiber. And so you can get this seed that may weigh, you know, a couple of grams, right? And it can grow enormously and just keep growing and growing. What makes sprouts so insightful and probably the best survival food ever is that they can grow without soil, without sunshine and without fertilizer. So you can go from zero to a hero in one week with just water. That's brilliant. So we're seeing this explosion of sprout consciousness because people are now aware of food security, food safety, food equality, food justice. And if you, I don't know if you have read the, the latest UN climate report, but it is dismal. Like we're going into apocalyptical climate conditions with crop collapses, right? In California, where I live, um, we're experiencing one of the largest drought, worst droughts ever. So the need for water preservation, you know, is, is never been greater, right? We are in a case where um, two out of three Americans are suffering from chronic illnesses, lifestyle illnesses, illnesses that are caused by what people put in their mouths. So if you think about it, every cell in your body, your teeth, your eyes, your, your lungs, your blood, your organs are all constructed from what you put in your mouth. And so when people start to realize that sprouts are so nutritious and so fast growing and so nutrient dense, but low caloric, it's like the most magical food. And so the way that I look at sprouts, number one is that sprouts are vegetables and vegetables are good for you. Number two, sprouts are vitamins and minerals. So if you think about what's inside of sprouts, every vitamin, mineral, 
polyphenol, bioflavonoid, micronutrient, prebiotic, probiotic, enzymes, and all of the essential amino acids, the building blocks of proteins and soluble and insoluble fiber. So sprouts are complete vegetables and they're complete nutritional powerhouses. So if you think about where you're going to get your vitamins and minerals from, you can get it from a protein powder or supplement or powder or green, or you can take a synthetic multivitamin or Flintstones chewable vitamins, or you can add sprouts to anything and everything that you're eating, whether it's a juice, a soup, a smoothie, a wrap, a salad, an entree, even a dessert, and boost the nutrition of that with whole food plants. I was telling Lisa, and I know, Lisa, I know you have a bunch of questions because I saw you writing stuff down. You turned me on to the seaweed <gasps> My wrap. grocery list. <laughs> you, you remember I asked you maybe six or seven months ago, I saw you post something on the seaweed wraps. So I actually do that every day now, Doug. I, I mix whatever it is that I'm making. Instead of using a tortilla, I now throw it into a seaweed wrap, and then I add a whole bunch of sprouts to it. So thank you for that. So you're, And it's been uh, – um, fantastic for not only my diet for myself, but for my children. And it's kind of funny because right now we're in this, you know, with this immunocompromised situation because of whatever that thing is floating around the universe right now. And one of the things that people could do is start throwing sprouts in their diet on a daily basis because it has all the things that we need, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, all the different Im uh, immunity boosters that you could find in, you know, you just mentioned the Flintstones vitamin. Yeah. So. Look, I, I don't talk about politically charged areas because I talk about sprouts, but if, if we think about this, right, the people that are dying today, right, pre-virus or not, other than being old, which is an indication of mortality, mm -hmm. right, they are obese mm -hmm. with chronic illnesses of diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and cancer. And so many of those like... That's, that's a cliffhanger right there. <laughs> <laughs> and the name of the killer was... You, you're just going to have to interrupt and ask questions, okay? Because otherwise you're never going to get a chance. Between him talking and me talking, you're just basically going to be a muted, stool, beautiful stool over there. So please okay. interrupt. Okay. No, it isn't. Um, I had a bunch of questions I was going to ask him, so hopefully he can join us back. But do you want to pretend that you're Doug again? <laughs> I, I actually did. He mentioned earlier, and this is a question I'm generally curious to know about, is why are juicers – and, and that, please get to this. I want to know why juicing something is so much more nutritious and healthy for you than using a blender. Because for me – you get the when I blend stuff, I keep the skin on all of my fruits and vegetables. Typically, I don't ever peel them unless it's That's like a because you're lazy. No, it isn't because I know that skins have a massive amount of nutrients in them. But why is juicing something better for you than pressing something? So, if we bring this question to Dallas and you're talking about skinning things and stuff, is that going to have anything to do with the carnivore? diet that he's <laughs> no before his birthday yesterday i sent him a note and i said i hope you and liz get a chance to kill something in the wild and eat it raw together happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i don't know if doug's going to rejoin us but i did have that question and yes. then i was thinking about his juicero company that he said was well before its time and and it reminded me of my daughter having to have a clean juice this past weekend where I had to drop $46 for two smoothies. <laughs> I was I like, love, Doug, you I might want you, but not that much. <laughs> you might want to consider relaunching Juicero because clean juice is selling smoothies for 22 bucks a pop. I know. Literally $22 a pop. I know. So, all right. I don't know what's going on here with Doug. So I'm going to go ahead so and ask questions. you. I'm left with so many questions. It's right. it's interesting to me what he was saying, and I don't know if we should save this to see if he gets back on again or not. Was oh, it yeah. us? Is it us? Huh. Do people just like, can't talk to them anymore? It's interesting to me what he was saying. Oh, all of the fan Oh, is he? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hello. Yeah, I'm back. I'm <laughs> back. It's, you know, look, 
you know, it's one of, one of the things you get used to when you're living off the grid is, you know, just getting used to things. You need to figure no, out a way hey, to inject some of those sprouts into your broadband connection. But but I think it's a good thing because it keeps you off of that. You know, like we're all setting timers so we're not on our phones too long and you just automatically have it happen for you. <laughs> exactly. It, it, you know, it, I set my timer what time to go to sleep. I like that. Lisa, you need that. You're up to like two in the morning last night. Well, I was working on things so that I can be free today. But I really I really enjoyed what you were saying, like all the information that you're giving us and and all the value that's in there but it's interesting to me that as humans we like to complicate things don't we you're saying just in this very simple thing you can get all the vitamins that you need for life and yet we're always looking for the more complicated way to do it and it was really interesting to me too how you said something about a coincidence and i don't feel like any of this is a coincidence how you've ended up where you are mm. and how it's just kind of fallen into place and that you've been a forerunner in all of these things, Devo and I were just talking about, well, Devo, you taking your daughters to get some clean juice and it wiping out your bank account. <laughs> like you were a forerunner for all of this. Um, and in my situation, and it, it, probably a lot of people's right now, I live in South Carolina. It is hard to garden here. And Devo and I have sat out my backyard before and I have a small piece of land. I don't have a lot of land and I don't really have the time to invest in planning something and hoping that the deer don't eat it, that it doesn't die because of the soil here, that all the things I have crazy squirrels here that dig up everything. I've never seen squirrels like this. And you've just kind of given me like the mana from heaven saying, you don't need much uh, room. You don't have to wait months for anything to produce itself. You small space, small amount of lighting and, and attention to detail and all of that. And I can have everything that I want in a very small grid. That's right, Lisa. Exponentially, exponentially more than what I've, I've put into it. Yeah, look, I, I think that's the whole thing. That's why I'm so excited, you know, about, about sprouting, that the, the idea that, that you can grow seeds into sprouts in days, not weeks, months, or years, and they are super nutritious, is the connection, because... Very often on my journey, um, I would encounter people that would use the excuse that to be vegan was expensive or to be organic was expensive. And the fact that you can have your own organic vegetable garden on your countertop, fresh, and for a dollar a day or less, and was just incredible. And I ask myself every day, why isn't everybody sprouting? And I realize because they just don't know, mm -hmm. right? They don't know. And you've never seen an ad for, um, for sprouts on a Super Bowl commercial, right? Like they're, they're, no one's advertising sprouts they're not selling it. And, you know, I, I just saw you, you posted that. Um, yeah. And I gave that to you for free. So if you want to drop some Super Bowl ad money for that pop-up right there, let me know. No, no, it's, it's okay. I mean, <laughs> look, I think if you look on Amazon today, the sprout book, my book is in the top 1% of all books on Amazon. Right. And it's in the seventh printing. That's great. And so this was a little niche. And, you know, what I recommend, you know, in, is for people, you know, to buy the book is to contact their local bookseller, right? Because the book is published by a major publisher. And that's an interesting story how that got done. But, you know, any bookseller can order the book and they it would come within days from their next shipment from the distributor because we've got really broad distribution, that was a big priority for me to get this message out there. So every day, you know, across many channels, I'm sharing the insight and, and potentiality of the seed. Have you ever seen the Rene Magritte painting called Clairvoyance? I don't think I have, no. If you could pull it up, it would be really fascinating. But basically, he's painting a, a He's looking at a picture of an egg 
and he's painting a big, beautiful bird. So like when I see a seed, I'm seeing the potential of a whole organic garden feeding the whole world hmm. in one seed. And the, the propagation, multiplication, exponential aspects of the seeds is incredible. So, Are, sorry, go ahead, Lee. I'm just going to interrupt. Um, I have one son that's vegan, one that's vegetarian, one that's um, started trying to, to grow sprouts. He did this uh, over a year ago. He was growing them and he was running into some problems with them. Um, and I'm not sure what he was doing. So, and I think a lot of us, you know, try something once and then we're like, oh, it's not working. So can you kind of walk us through like just so that we don't become impatient because you know what humankind is very impatient now if we don't get in three seconds we're not really interested can you kind of like run us through some checks that we need to do to make sure that this perfect um diet plan will work for us and become part of our routine and we don't need to try all the other diets that are out there and all the other things that are being blasted at us great lisa i think that's a great point so sprouting is really easy and I would say the core ingredients to start are a jar, cheesecloth, and a rubber band to keep the seeds in the jar. And so you're saying this is going to cost a lot of money, are you? <laughs> you know, there's a chapter in my book called Junkyard Dog, where basically I go through my recycle bin and scraps and I just sterilize and wash these items. And I pretty much sprouts will grow in anything like everywhere. They'll just grow. So I think the key ingredients are you need water, filtered water, spring water or the like, but you need water and worse comes to worse. You can use tap water. Number two, you need, and I prefer organic sprouting seeds. So seeds that are designed for sprouting, which are usually the, the first um, highest level seeds where they're the freshest. So they have a high germination rate. And, and in your book, you give links for how we can get those seeds, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. I think that absolutely. And then the third thing, so you need, you need a jar, you need seeds and you need water. And, and that's the way to start. I wrote the book. Because most people thought of sprouts as like alfalfa sprouts and mung bean sprouts, if they thought of them at all. And for me, I looked at and I cover in the book, alfalfa, azuki, arugula, radish, broccoli, clover, chia, flax, hemp, lentils, um, peas. And there were all these different kinds of seeds. And turns out, like you, me, and Lisa, we're all different. Every variety is a little different. So I wrote the book, so which was basically publishing my research on the nuances of sprouts, right? And what to do for each one so you can have variety. So I, a question on it, and you've mentioned it, it can be part of a mainstay of your diet. So you're aside from the the vitamins and the nutrition there's enough protein within a sprout diet to keep a, a balanced diet going on yeah i'm not just to be clear devo i'm not recommending a quote unquote sprout diet although i think it's genius um i but you can like in one cup of garbanzo bean sprouts mm -hmm. sprouted garbanzo beans it's 35 grams of protein and 380 calories so you unequivocally can get the calories and the fiber, you know, on the sprout diet. The only thing you wouldn't get on the sprout diet is vitamin D and vitamin B12, two things that are easy to supplement, but you can get your omega threes, your omega sixes, your, all your B complex vitamins, your C's, your folates, your, your, your calcium, magnesium, manganese. It's all there. So, so you said in one cup of sprouts, garbanzo beans specifically, I think you said 35 grams of protein. Is that what you said? That's correct. Yeah. So comparably, and I don't eat steak, but I do know this, there's roughly 60 grams of protein in a steak. So that's almost, that's more than half of what a steak would offer. So 
arguably without all the side effects of eating steak. So that's, I didn't, I had no idea, really had no idea. Yeah. I mean, look, if you, if someone were to just replace some or all of their meat with like sprouted lentils, like lentils are a staple of the vegan and vegetarian diets around the world. Sprouting them just like releases and increases the vitamin content of the lentils. So you get both the proteins and the fiber and the antioxidants and the vitamin C in the sprouting of those vegetables. It's like vegetables on steroids. Are there any for, for starter kits? And I went to my mailbox this morning to see if my book was in the mailbox, but it wasn't there yet. So I'm sure you sent it. It's on the way. But in terms of uh, – I'm a smart ass. That was very passive of, aggressive. Very passive aggressive. In terms of okay. a starter, I'm from New York. I just ignore him like a homeless guy. So. <laughs> Doug, in terms of a starter kit, is there in your book – and I will order your book – but is there is is there five or six seeds that you would say like if you're going to do any sprouting these are the five you should start with? I mean, a lot of it has to do with personal preference. I think that the third thing, going back to my reason for sprouting, number one, and basically, I just want to say, I'll ignore a crazy homeless person that's throwing something at me, but if they can talk to me, I try to get them on sprouts. Like I stop. I talk to them. I see them equal. Like I will literally talk to anybody about sprouts. I don't care if they're running for president of the United States, you know, or if they're living in the street, I want everybody to be eating sprouts. But the third thing is sprouts. Number one are food sprouts. Number two are vegetables sprouts. Number three are medicine. So if you were to just Google broccoli sprouts and cancer, or broccoli sprouts and autism, or broccoli sprouts and Alzheimer's. There were more than 4,000 peer-reviewed published articles in top scientific literature around the medicinal properties of sprouts. Hmm. So if, if knowing that, I would say broccoli sprouts are a must. So I do broccoli sprouts. I love the taste of sunflower sprouts, like just the chewy, nutty green parts. I love the sunflower sprouts. Lentil sprouts are so easy because you could grow them in like 36 hours. They're really good. And then there are things like fenugreek or mustard or radish that have a real kick to them and bite to them. Um, so really powerful. And then like mung beans, you know, if you ever see like the mung bean that that's like in your um, miso soup or Asian cuisine. It just mm -hmm. looks like, you mm -hmm. know, long white thing. I used to be so judgmental about mung beans, thinking they were like the iceberg lettuce of the sprout family. And then I did the research and turns out like mung beans have 20% of the recommended daily allowance of vitamin C in them. And they've got like four grams of protein in them. And they've got soluble and um, insoluble fiber. So it's really good. They go through and like I feed dogs, um, mung bean sprouts, like mm -hmm. wherever, cause they, they like them. They're crunchy mm -hmm. and they're water-based and they're super hydrating. So I would say that would be starting pea sprouts are really like English peas are really expensive. Um, pea sprouts are really inexpensive. Like you could buy in bulk 35 pounds of English pea sprouts for as little as $65. Like it's Thanks. that powerful and inexpensive that you can grow these things um, for, for that inexpensively. So I think when you, when you go to that, you know, the idea that, that people can be having this food for so inexpensive makes the biggest difference in the world. Those so, are the two, those are the two sprouts that I get delivered to my house every Friday because I haven't learned how to make them yet is the radish and the, uh, the pea ones. And you're right. The radish ones have a little bit of a kick to them. They're really good. 
Yeah, well, like Devo, the fact that you're sprouting anyway is really powerful. Like we want to get you to sprout. And look, you know, the, the interesting thing is sprouts are inexpensive no matter how you cut it, whether you buy them or grow them, right? For me, you know, what I look at is I really care about freshness and the ability to have a garden where I'm perpetually growing things and eating things as opposed to buying produce in, in a supermarket or a health food store that is on average a week or two weeks old by the time they harvest it from the farm and transport it to the truck and put it on the shelves. So the idea that you can grow your own and literally eat it at its peak perfection is really powerful. Another thing that I'm just like over the moon with about sprouts is that when you're eating a sprout, you are truly eating the whole food. You're eating the root, the shoot, the, the endosperm, the embryo, the testa. You're eating the whole thing. So it's just filled and packed and nourished with this goodness. Lise, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I did have a question earlier, right? When you dropped off, you talked about juicing and on that sort of stuff. And why is juicing more effective and efficient than using a blender, for example? Because I currently have a blender. I don't have a juicer and I put a lot of sprouts in my morning smoothie. Is, is there a reason for that, that I'm just not understanding? I, I think that juicing is creating a beverage, right? So when you juice, you're creating a beverage. The juices that I like and drink are vegetable juices that are unsweetened, right? Green leafy vegetable juices or green grass juices, barley grass, wheat grass, sprout juice. I like those. So the difference between juicing and blending is when you're juicing, you're getting just the water molecules and the micronutrient content in a very rich bioavailable form. When you're blending, you're like, first of all, like I think we have teeth for a reason. Like I like to chew. Chewing is really good for you. And, you know, chewing also is engaging the eyes, the saliva, and its pre-digestion begins in the mouth. <laughs> so, Blending is good for making a sauce. Blending is good for making a dressing. Blending is good for baby food when you don't have teeth. Um, but when you're blending, you're, you're getting it all. So you're getting the fiber and you're getting the nutrient, but it's also very filling. So if you want to have a drink and you want to be hydrated and you have a smoothie, it, by the time your body, you're, you're basically taking your small intestine and that's becoming the juicer where it's extracting the fiber from the, the juice, mm -hmm. but juicing is doing it for you. So I think there's a place for juicing. I think there's a place for blending and there's a place for eating. So speaking of all this eating, we already know that you live in, in the area of Joshua tree, which is fabulous. So we want to come over for dinner. What would you feed us if we came over for dinner? Um, you'd probably have sprouts with some more sprouts and d depending, you know, on, you know, how inspired my wife was for guests, she can do a gourmet vegan multi-course meal with like raw lasagna with her homemade cashew cheese and homemade tomato sauce with fresh tomatoes and sun-dried tomatoes and sprouts and thin slices of zucchini and dehydrated mushrooms. So it really depends on who you are. So Lisa, I, I don't know you that well. Um, so I, I don't know if you just came by and Devo came by, I'd probably just hand him a handful of sprouted lentils, you know, just to fill them up and maybe a pickle, homemade pickle or some sauerkraut. Um, we're coming over definitely. And Devo is fabulous in the kitchen. I'll do cleanup. Okay. Yeah. That's really, really important um, to do. So yeah, we, we eat, but a lot of the things that I like to do, I, I, I really keep my diet 
very simple, like what I eat. And so I have very little cleanup and I like take most of my diets, fruit and sprouts. Is your wife a byproduct of your lifestyle? Meaning, did you meet her after you started going into this nature or was she part of your journey all along to this? Because it sounds like she's plant-based and vegan as well. She's plant-based and vegan. I met her here um, in Wonder Valley, mm. which everyone said, Doug, you're never going to meet anyone in Wonder Valley. Like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're in a town of 600 people, two and a half hours away from Los Angeles. You know, there's no parties. There's just nothing going on there, you know, but coyotes and rocks and, and Joshua trees and, and hot springs. And so a friend of a friend, um, you know, had visited and my wife was traveling in California and decided to come out and just check it out. And that was it. So hmm. but she had already been mostly plant-based and now she's vegan and, you know, living happily ever after in this uh, oasis in the desert. I love that story. It's funny how people connect, isn't it? Just millions of billions of people on the planet and just random occurrences here and there crossing your life. And then you end up being partners for it's some fantastic. Well, I mean, if, if we're since we talk about anything on Sprout Connectors, you know, the, the idea that you go to a place to meet someone. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're attracted to them, you know, with the eye candy. Like I was just like tired of going to L.A., going to like cool parties or meeting people that were emotionally unavailable <laughs> and like not like I'm an outlier. So the people that I'm necessarily attracted to are not attracted to me. So, so I made it clear, like, you know, I was not going to chase, I was just going to do my thing and focus on my creation and, you know, whatever the universe delivered. So I really think it was divinely guided through attraction and creation as opposed to selling and chasing, etc. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And, and the whole surface level. I, I totally get that. And it's interesting to me that you just said outlier too, because I feel like we've had a lot of conversations about that lately too. So us weirdos or whatever you want to call us. Outliers. Outliers sounds so much better, doesn't it? No, so we're, we're all unique. I mean, here's the thing, like everyone wants to fin. And one of the things like you love about Burning Man is that everyone there is an outlier. There is no judgment. There is no shame. There's no keeping up with the Joneses. Like you get to be yourself. And I think that the more people can tap into their individual authenticity and celebrating their, their differences, um, you know, can create much more equality in the world and happiness in the world, as opposed to everyone wanting to, you know, play first base you know, in, in baseball as a terrible metaphor. I understood it though. That's perfect. That's perfect. Doug, you seem to be like, because you've dropped some of these tidbits here and there throughout the conversation, you're into the law of attraction, universal energy, all those sorts of things. Is that a correct assumption? You know, I don't think of them in those terms per se. You know, I'm a Vipassana meditator. Uh-huh. Right. Say that again, that word, a what meditator? Vipassana. I'm it's, it's, it's a 2,600 year old lineage, you know, of Buddhist meditation, which it's not Buddhism, it's non-denominational, but it focuses on um, equanimity. Spell so, that for me. What's that? Spell Vipassana for me. V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A. -S -S -A -A. The, their website is Dhamma, D-H-A-M-M-A dot org. I'm going to check that out. I've, not heard, I've not heard of that before. Yeah. So anyhow, back to that. Sorry. Well, they do a 10 day silent meditation is their is their training. So it's 10 days, no reading, writing, electronics, um, eye contact for 10 days. And you just sit in noble silence and you observe your cravings, your clingings and your aversions. So I do that. 
And that was really helpful for me. And what I love, by the way, about the Vipassana meditation is that it's free. Let me repeat, F-R-E-E, it's free. Free room, free board, free curriculum, and you can make a donation after you complete the course if you feel like it. Hmm. And they won't even accept donations from people who have not participated in a course. So it's really high integrity, you know, from that level, which I liked a lot. Huh. That's fun. Thanks for sharing that. I've not heard of that before. Yeah. So, so I think in law of attraction, I, I believe in the, the ability to know what you want, have the belief inside that you can achieve it. And then thinking very pragmatically, practically about how it's going to get done. And the meditation helps you deal with the fact that things don't necessarily happen in the order or the sequence that you want them to happen. So since you're dealing with humans, there could be all sorts of disappointments and challenges that people face along the way. So how do you get knocked down and come back up again and still be, you know, enthusiastic and upbeat? I'm listening to a podcast right now, or I have been the last couple of days on the Pleiadians. It's a, I'm, it comes from the book of Law of One called Raw. And, and they were talking about that very same thing in meditation to have these visualizations, like they, they were talking about how people get so focused on this big eye on the prize type of goal. Like you want to be a millionaire or whatever it is that you want to accomplish. And they said, a lot of times those things are so big that they're, they become formidable. And then when you don't get them right away, people become discouraged and they just kind of fall back in their old patterns. So one of the things they were suggesting is to distract yourself and create these smaller, less, less ideal, like things that are just sort of obscure in your life. And what happens is by detracting yourself and detaching yourself from the bigger eye on the prize goal and just kind of visualizing these smaller ones, like you just said, the universal cascade just sort of lines things up because your subconscious, if you will, is always listening. I thought that was an interesting concept. Yeah, it's interesting. My wife um, talks about, you know, you can have your big goals, mm -hmm. but you need to celebrate your successes every day mm -hmm. because... It, by celebrating the successes every day and writing them down and getting clarity, you're acknowledging that the congruency of doing positive things that you otherwise would take for granted. And that. it's very easy to um, overlook those things and that could be detrimental. So I do think it's important to have the big goals and I think it's important to take bite-sized steps every day because it's a long journey. Like writing the book, for me, I never went to college. So having to write 60,000 words, 288 pages, 12 interviews, 40 recipes was a daunting task. It was just like daunting. And, you know, my goal after procrastinating for six months and like not writing anything, you know, I finally said, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to write 500 words every day. I don't care if I have to go to the bathroom, if I'm thirsty, if I'm hungry, I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to put on do not disturb. I'm going to sit and I will not get up until I write my 500 words. Then after, if I want to, if I'm favorably inclined to write more, I will do that. But I'm just going to write my 500 words every day. And like the book was done, boom. And like that was, you know, a technique that I used was setting a goal, right? Not writing 60,000 words at once, mm -hmm. but writing 500 words, you know, a day, which was bite size, took anywhere between 45 minutes and two hours to do. But that's absolutely brilliant because by setting those smaller goals and achieving those smaller goals, you started to build momentum and confidence, et cetera. And you started seeing it the compound effect of all of that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, hey guys, this was a lot of fun. Like speaking of goals, I've got a lot of goals, small tasks, big tasks that I got to, I get to work on today. 
So um, if you have any other burning questions, I'm happy to, to just jump in and answer. Otherwise, I'm going to, you know, bid farewell. No, I think you took care of our exit fourth. Lisa, are you good with anything? No, fantastic. So, so grateful if, that you were able to spend some time with us and celebrate Sprouts with us. So we've, we've never had anybody exit on our podcast before we I did know. the exit. So bravo. I love that. So if you want to hear more about Doug, he's at sproutman.com. No, 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 no. Sorry? Oh. I'm Doug on your Evans. website right now. That is not my website. <gasps> what, well, how did I have it there? I have no idea. Wow. Okay. Forgive me. How can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. Doug Evans on Instagram, D-O-U-G-E-V-A-N-S on Instagram, one word. And you could sign up for my newsletter at thesproutbook.com. So that's just where you can sign up for the newsletter. Um, and those are my two primary methods of communication. So Sproutman sells my book, you know, on their website along with, you know, hundreds of other booksellers and um, shops across the country. Well, thank you for that correction. Sorry about that. We'll yell at our producer. Straight to the source. Triggered my 82nd Airborne, someone back to walk into a minefield. So I just had to kick into a little of my testosterone there. So I apologize for- No worries. Thanks for the correction. Sorry. That was was the information I was given. I apologize for that. All right, Doug, thank you. I appreciate your time. It's been enjoable talking to you. you. You, Lisa- you guys are doing great work. I know what initiative it takes to produce a show and to get out there and to find people to bring them on and to get it out there and have these conversations. So it takes a lot of initiative. And I want to acknowledge you both for doing that in remote locations and being upbeat and prepared for the show um, to do it. So thank you so much for having me. And Thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you. you. We'll be, let your wife know we'll be over for dinner. (laughs) Okay. Just uh, send in advance. Send a message in advance. Okay, guys. Have a great day. Thanks. Okay. Bye Bye now. Well, that was fun. What an interesting individual. So I, I had a question. He was dropping a lot of knowledge. Yeah. We're scribbling amazing. notes. <laughs> I think it's amazing that more people don't know about sprouts because they have been around for thousands of years. It's interesting how, you know, theoretically with, with the amount of potential that sprouts have for a diet, they could put some food industries out of business, theoretically speaking. Mm. So I wonder why nobody knows about it. Interesting. Yeah, you know what? And going back into my my dark history, is this being recorded right now? It still is recorded always. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Go with well, it. going back into my dark history, and um, a lot of a lot of what we did was like food storage and food prep. Oh my gosh, what the perfect thing! It's like this can last for hundreds of years. What a perfect thing to you know all these people talking about Armageddon or whatever. To have we'll say what you on hand. The shelves cleared off during COVID of all the essentials, but you could be living with sprouts and be totally well, fine for ages. Yeah, we'll say what you will about organized religion, whether you're a Mormon or a Buddhist or a Christian. Most of their theologies were borrowed from ancient wisdom, right? And just sort of reinvented, reinventing the will to oh, call know. it their own. Right. But most of the ancient religions and then they just were, made it into a pyramid system. Too. Yeah, true. But most of the ancient religions were sort of surmised from these indigenous communities of people living together, living off the land, living in symbiosis with the land, etc. And they involved these very things. But somewhere along the line, we lost that because of industrialization or whatever else, commerce, websites, you name it. So so here's what I think, you know, all this, this time that we've sat in my backyard and looked and should we do a garden over there? Should we do this or should we do that? Let's stop talking about it and just do sprouts because you've got a plethora of pickle jars. I know it'll kind of cut down on your drinking glasses, but we could use those pickle jars and grow some sprouts. Well, if you go to his website, he has a specific type of jar you need. It has to have a wide mouth to it so you can get your hands down in it. My big fat mittens are not going to get inside of a pickle jar, but I do agree with what you just said. Enough talking about it. Let's start doing some of this because um, I know they can grow. I've tried them before. They literally take like 24 hours. You start seeing these little pops pop up to the roots. And you know what? Not to say that you're an impatient person, but this is the perfect garden for you and for me. 
I honestly, I eat sprouts every single day in something. So unless when I'm with you, but here in Charlotte, Ooh. I eat them. Well, cause I get them delivered here. I just don't bring them down there to you. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that. All right. Awesomeness. Thanks for the show. It was a good show. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to hit this and end it. Good. Bye. Bye. I'm Devo. Lisa's there talking still as I hit. I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) He just, Doug just broke up with us. I know. And I was, I was kind of looking at the time and trying to figure out how to end it. And I'm like, well done, my man, Doug. Well done. I was literally stewing over here. All right. What's the best way to close this out? I know. We're we're getting off track. (laughs) And then we are again. Okay. Bye. It's not you. It's me. Bye. I'm hanging up on you. (laughs) 